This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Continuation of Wide Receiver Week here on the Prospects and Props Podcast. Chris Schubert, Jamie Eisner here with you once again on the show. If you missed it yesterday, Wide Receivers 105 through 65. Deep dive into some of the more notable rankings and notable players in those tiers. Today we get closer and closer to the top of this list. It is Wide Receivers 64 all the way through 26. And then on tomorrow's show, it is the top 25 wide receivers so we have you covered here all week long for wide receiver week and jamie i said it yesterday i'm going to say it again today we've got a lot of names to get through a lot of conversations to be had so let's get through this and let's get started very very quickly here we've got the 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 group here that is still in the 60s sky Moore at 64 jacoby myers at 63 zay jones at 62 romeo dubs at 61 and Jackson Smith and Jigba at wide receiver 60. That's probably the name that we should start with, Jamie. You are lower than both ECR and ADP when it comes to Jackson Smith and Jigba. But long-time lot, listeners apparently. of this show are not going to be surprised at this because we've talked about the year one impact for Jackson Smith and Jigba and how you and I are both concerned of where he's going to slot into this pecking order, an offense that's probably going to prioritize running the football. Mm -hmm. And that might mean for a guy who was wide receiver one to a lot of people in this draft class may not be able to have that level of impact in year one of his NFL career. Yeah, and that's really what it centers around. I mean, he was the wide receiver one for me uh, in this draft class as well. So I am one of those, quote unquote, those people, Chris, which I don't believe we use that phrase anymore. But um, it, it's definitely one. It's definitely just, again, a volume thing. Uh, and, you know, are you projecting Lockett or Metcalf to miss a significant amount of time? I'm not sure that you are. Um, you know, Seattle, in terms of, you know, a, a projected pass attempts per game, they come in as uh, the 19th for me in the NFL. So slightly below average uh, where they come in. DK is going to get a lot of work. Tyler Lockett's going to get a lot of work. And both those guys are going to eat up a, a large amount of, the, of a target share for a team that's going to throw the ball around 33-ish times per game. So I, I just don't see a clear path for JSN this year to have a lot of sustained fantasy success unless one of those guys get hurt. And if he does and he elevates into that number two role, then there'll be plenty of work for him to have success. But you know, right now with his ADP, which is, as I take a look at this, it's what – 37 that's good math jamie yes that's pretty good math on the fly there like, wide receiver 37 yeah. i mean that's borderline wide receiver three territory i mean a, a wide receiver 37 is probably your flex starter and, and i'm not ready to play jsn as an every week flex right now with the other two guys healthy well, jamie he might also be the fourth pass catching option in that offense no offense still around he's still going to be yeah. their tight end they're still going to utilize the running backs pretty heavily and so like i just can't get there 
to say his ADP is wide receiver 37, which means you're strongly considering him to be your wide receiver three, or in the case of a, being in a two wide receiver league, you're considering, you're considering him as one of your top flex options. I don't know, man. I can't get on board with that to start the season. Maybe by the midway point when we see the usage, we can we'll, we can change our tune, but we've got to do we, – we have to make these, these rankings, at least you do, and I have to make my opinions on this based on the information that I have. And the information yeah. I have is DK Metcalf still going to be the wide receiver one. Tyler Lockett's still going to be involved. This is a team that is going to prioritize running the football. It's just who they are. This isn't the Kansas City Chiefs where they're going to sling it around all over the place. And so those things mean, listen, we like Jackson Smith and Jigba. We think he's going to be a good player. Yes. But for fantasy year one, I don't see the impact. I just can't get there. And so no, uh, he's, he, he's draftable. Sure. Like he's draftable, but I, I just to me it's you're 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 trying to buy him here at a value where you expect to start him more often than not. And I just don't see that happening unless you are gonna have an injury. And if you're in a dynasty league, he's gonna be one of the top names that come off the board because you're gonna sure. stash him for down the road. Again, I don't know what the year one impact looks like for JSN, but but for redraft leagues, yeah, I'm kinda staying away from JSN here. Uh, for 2023. Uh, Jamie, I mean, Sky Moore might be an interesting uh, conversation to be had uh, here in this group as well. I think people are trying to make Sky Moore a thing. Uh, like Sky Moore, the player, uh, I just, as we talked about a little bit when we discussed the Rasheed Rice conversation on yesterday's show, is just that uh, I don't know what his long-term look is right now in this offense there are a lot of mouths to feed none of them are particularly outside of Travis Kelsey really stand out uh, as an elite option I think he's somebody that's worth taking a flyer on in this range if you you know you're looking for a wide receiver five but I I can't sit here with any level of confidence and and project his workload and give you say say this is a guy that's going to have a lot of success and I know we're all looking to find the that second piece of this Kansas city passing game. That is not Travis Kelsey to have a monster amount of success. And I, it could be sky Moore If I had to bet on one receiver of this group, it's going to be Kadarius Tony, but I think we could just be in another season where it's this entire receiving core is just fine. And it's really just Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes that are putting up the stupid numbers and everybody else is kind of peaks and valleys, ebbs and flows. And you look up at the end of the year and you're like, man, I wasn't really confident starting any of these other guys on any given week. And that's kind of what I'm worried about is going to happen again this year in Kansas City. One of the fun things about being in the role that I am I am in on this show is while Jamie is talking, I get to set up what we're going to talk about next. I am looking ahead towards the names that we are seeing. And just so everybody knows, these rankings have been on the draftnetwork.com. But I have made a very concerted effort to not look at these until we do the show, looking at those specific tiers to give a natural reaction. And when players surprise me with their rankings, it makes for makes for fun conversation. I just looked at the next chunk of players we're going to talk about. We might be here for a while. So I'm going to read the list and then <laughs> okay. I get into some of the line items that I have here. KJ Osborne at 59, Nico Collins at 58, Zay Flowers at 57, Michael Gallup 56, Quinton Johnston 55, Odo Beckham Jr., 54, Rashad Bateman, 53, uh, Robert Woods, 52, Tyler Boyd, 51, and Donovan Peoples-Jones, 50. Jamie, I got three doors, three paths that we could go Ooh, down. Oh, I got to like, pick door again. like door one, two, or three? Door two. Door two. Let's discuss how you are much higher than everybody else on Robert Woods, and this allows us to once again have a conversation He's not dead. about the – Houston Texans wide receiver room. He's not dead. Like, he's just in Houston. And he's just – I mean, I, look, I, I know a lot of people think there's nothing left for Robert Woods to offer 
Uh, I, I am not willing to go there yet. And, and I think you, you're going to need uh, – not your uh, – a proverbial you, in this case, C.J. Stroud, is going to need a reliable short-to-intermediate passing game option to rely on. And I think that's going to be Robert Woods. Uh, I have him. I think he can get a hundred targets this year in that offense when they're going to throw it a bunch, and he's still going to have some fantasy value. I know things didn't look great at times last year, but I think he's a little bit healthier now, and he's going to more importantly, he's going to get the opportunity. You know, I mean, he's he has a different skill set than Nico Collins. He has a different skill set than Tank Dell, a different skill set than even John Mechie. Even seeing how we don't know how much John Mechie's going to play this year. So to me, I think if you're looking for a veteran option, a veteran safety blanket for CJ Stroud to rely on, why can't it be Robert Woods? And why can't with that sort of target potential volume, he's going to put up decent numbers. You're not going to be excited. Like nobody's going to pat you on the back when you draft him. It's not like, oh my God, I got Robert Woods. I'm so excited. But I think you're going to look up and you're going to realize that he's going to be in the conversation for you uh, of, hey, maybe this guy I might want to play this week in this matchup more often than not. And, you know, I have him again, wide receiver 52 right now. He's being drafted as the wide receiver 86 in ADP, which is barely draftable. I mean, you can make the argument he's the wide receiver one in Houston. You could. You, you, you could. He might be. I have a question for you, Jamie. Yeah. Is this offense that he's going to find himself in in 2023 better than the one that he was on last year with the Tennessee Titans? Mm-hmm. Okay, then there's then your answer. Who's coming off a major injury? I think and he's a bad a better, fit. A bad fit. Is a bad fit. He's on a better offense. Like yeah. that's that's the case you make to buy in on Robert Woods. Yeah. Is I think the 2023 Houston Texans offensively are better than the 2022 Tennessee Titans. Now it's they're at the bottom of the totem pole, right? They're, yeah, they're it's totally, not great. It's but, not. But yeah, not a great list I, to be on. But they're better. I, I don't. I am not convinced that Robert Woods is cooked yet. I know a lot of people are, and that's and the ranking reflects as such. Uh, door number like one. Door, door number three. Door number three. You took one, the cowards. Two, you took the cowards' way out, and I'm going to call you out on it. I took the cowards' way out. You put you put Rashad Bateman 53. You put Odo Beckham Jr. 54, and you put Zay Flowers 57. You no, put them all within about three spots of one another. And no, because that's ahead, that's figure it out. That's because that's where they rank. Um, right now, I'm looking here. An average fantasy points per game between the three I've got. And again, I, I don't have uh, – I probably don't have any of these guys projected as outside maybe Zay Flowers to, to play a full season. But uh, where I have Odo Beckham Jr., 8.88. Rashad Bateman, 8.48. You know, uh, Zay, and then Zay Flowers was down at like 7.5. So, like, this is kind of where the they same are. Player. You have them all as like the same player. Because they're differing skill sets. They're all – I think if they're all on the field, they're all going to get some work. They're all also going to lose target share to Mark Andrews. So, and quite frankly, they have some injury uh, outside of Zay. They have some injury history that we have to at least be cognizant of. And I'm not, I don't project Odell Beckham Jr. or Rashad Bateman to play 17 games. So I think you put all of those pieces together and you just kind of like, look, Chris, I've been honest with you. There are times where I rank people next to each other because it's a coward's way out. This is just kind of how it felt. Yeah, but and, it, does, it does feel as if like the, because they're so closely ranked together, like, I don't know. Do it. Pick pick whichever which whichever Baltimore wide receiver you think is going to have the best season. Go ahead, figure it out. But I mean, wouldn't wouldn't you? Okay. Can I share a take? Can I share? Do a you take? feel Do you feel overly strongly about one of them? And yes, you can share I, I, I do based on the way you rank them. Here's here's the okay. case that I would make because you have them all close. You have Bateman fifty three, uh, OBJ fifty four, and Zay Flowers fifty seven. I would take Zay at 50s. I would take Zay over the other two because I think there's a bigger upside and they're close enough 
with their floors to me that I think that that would be a risk worth taking. It's not like I we're would... talking about Rashad Bateman as, as wide receiver 26 and Zay Flowers wide receiver 57. We're not. They're sure. close. And so I would take the guy that I think has the bigger upside. I half agree and half disagree. Love that. I agree that Zay Flowers has more potential upside than Rashad Bateman. I don't think he has more potential upside than Donald Beckham Jr. The Aldo Beckham Jr. roller coaster Dude, I, is something I, I you have to decide on, whether or not you want to get on the board. I can't yeah, get on like, that ride. Because the upside is tremendous. The downside is tremendous. <laughs> so, like, do you want to ride the roller coaster? And, again, he's somebody these last few years, uh, as, again, long-time listeners of the show will know, is somebody that I've chosen not to ride the roller coaster on. Uh, and door, I feel like it's more often than not it's worked out for me. Door number one. Yes. Behind door number one is a gentleman that you and I stand for on a very, very regular basis. Donovan Peoples-Jones. Okay. Wide receiver yeah. 50. You are 11 spots higher than ADP, 10 spots higher than ECR. Tell the people why they are completely ignoring Donovan Peoples-Jones, who had a pretty good year last year. He is someone that I've actually gotten a lot of shares of recently uh, in my best ball drafts. He is somebody that I know kind of fell off the radar a little bit before last season, but we had heard that he had a connection with Deshaun Watson going back to basically Watson first getting to Cleveland. Obviously, he didn't play a lot early in the season, but had a glow up anyway, with even with Jacoby Brissett at, at quarterback. And I say, I say even with, I mean, Jacoby was the better quarterback last year for Cleveland, True. but you know what I mean? Uh, and, and so he is in my estimation, the clear wide receiver two in Cleveland. He has shown a rapport with Deshaun Watson. He has grown as a player. And he is a guy that can produce uh, on – He can his per-target production is pretty high. Um, I But and I also think he's a guy that's going to flirt with 90, 95 targets this year. And, and sure, you know, he's not going to have a ton of catches relatively. Like, I mean, he's not going to be a high catch percentage guy, but his yards per target is is in the very is in the upper category. He has touchdown potential. And by the way, he flashed last season. This is not just, oh, I hope he shows something. I really like what he can do. And to me, him going outside the top 60 wide receivers right now is, is again, it's a little bit of what we talked about yesterday. There's this sense that Elijah Moore is coming in is just going to get all those targets. I'm not sure they will. They are very different players with very different skill sets. And I'm not convinced that we're going to see a massive chunk of DPJ's targets here going to Elijah Moore. And I think that is the heart of this conversation and the heart of the conversation that goes back to our show yesterday about Elijah Moore's ranking is that, or do you believe that it's Amari Cooper and then Elijah Moore or Amari Cooper and then Donovan Peoples-Jones? I am in the latter category. We are into the 40s and we are firmly into the wide receiver four uh, tier. I would say, Jamie, we're getting very close uh, to that tier with this next chunk, Cortland Sutton, wide receiver, 49. Rindell Moore at 48. Curtis Samuel at 47. Adam Thielen at 46. Michael Thomas at 45. Traylon Burks at 44. Van Jefferson at 43. Juju Smith-Schuster at 42. Jahan Dotson at 41. And Jordan Addison at 40. I mean, Jamie, we could spend five minutes talking about each one of these players, um, but we don't have enough time in the program for that. Players that stood out to me, and then I'll let you kind of pick from the group and have a conversation about Adam Thielen at 46, Michael Thomas at 45, Addison at 40, and Juju at 42 were players that immediately stand out to me as conversation starters. Yeah, uh, Adam Thielen, once again, I will remind everybody, is not dead. Um, and I, I know he struggled at times last year. I know there's some injury concern that people have, but he's also shown to be a, a plenty competent complementary piece at wide receiver even at this stage of his career. Also, you may think he – you may think – 
and this is the collective view. This is not Chris Schubert and Jamie Eisner. You yeah. may think that Adam Thielen no longer has the talent or the ability to be a true wide receiver one in this league like we've seen in years past. But you cannot sit up here and tell me that if you look at the depth chart of wide receivers in Carolina, that he is not the de facto wide receiver one and the sure. targets are going to go his way. And I think yes. that's, he, that's the important thing here. And not, not only the targets going to go his way, but he is somebody that has excelled as a red zone wide receiver throughout his career, particularly in, in the last half decade of his career. So somebody that I, I like a lot more uh, right now, he comes in as my, my wide receiver 46. He's going at 58 uh, in ADP and ECR uh, right now. Um, the other the other names you brought up on this list, you know, Jordan Addison, the guy that essentially replaced him in Minnesota. We've talked about this. There's room for multiple wide receivers to have success. Justin mm-hmm. Jefferson is going to be Justin Jefferson, but defenses are going to load up to stop him, and they're going to make Kirk Cousins and the Vikings use other weapons to beat them, which is going to open up opportunities for KJ Osborne, open up opportunities for TJ Hawkinson and open up opportunities for somebody that doesn't have a, a, a first name that's been shortened to two letters and two dots in Jordan Addison. And he's a first round prospect. He's got a ton of potential. I know he didn't test super well, but I think he's got the opportunity at getting some decent volume. And I think that's always what you worry about with rookie receivers is will they get the volume necessary where I think JSN is a better prospect, but I think we're going to see a significant difference in volume to the point where I think Jordan Addison can be a hundred target guy in Minnesota this year, just given how pass happy this offense is going to be. And the fact that he's going to get a lot of one-on-one opportunities on the outside as Justin Jefferson commands a ton of attention. Uh, we are we get into the 30s now, Jamie. Jerry Judy at 39, Kadarius Toney at 38, DJ Moore at 37, Mike Williams 36, Brendan Cooks 35, Deontay Johnson 34, Marquise Brown 33, George Pickens 32, current free agent DeAndre Hopkins 31, and Chris Olave 30. Jamie, please explain to everybody why you hate DJ Moore so much. Oh, I can't believe this is why why I don't hate Chris Olave. Um, well, get we're gonna get to that. You hate Chris Olave. Um, you yeah. hate DJ Moore. You hate Jerry Judy. Like, well, yeah, this, this is this is this is the tier where I'm lower on pretty much everybody except I guess what George Pickens and Brandon Cooks. Um, the offense isn't good. Uh, what, and the Chicago Bears offense, not I. Excuse me. It's not that it's not only not that good. And it's not the volume the difference. The volume is is troublesome to me. And this is where I go back, and I right now I have no team throwing the ball less this year in pass attempts than the Chicago Bears at about 26 pass attempts per game. I love DJ Moore. If you've listened to the show for a long time, you know I have defended him for the last two years in Carolina as a player that was severely underrated both in real life and in fantasy relative to what people thought about him. My concern is going to be if – Volume matters, and unless if the Bears are throwing less than 30 times a game, it's going to be very difficult for multiple players to have high-level success, and it's going to be difficult for one player to play up to top 15 level. So while I believe that DJ Moore is a top 20 wide receiver in the National Football League, I'm not drafting him as a top 20 fantasy wide receiver because I just don't see the volume coming there. And, you know, right now he's going as the wide receiver 22, which again, would normally I would not on the surface of his talent levels, not something I would say is crazy. But when you dive into the numbers and you dive into what this offense is going to be, unless you expect this offense to throw the ball, not just a little more, but a lot, lot more than they did. Like a, like a percentage change that we don't typically see year over year more that I don't think is you're going to like DJ more where he's going to be drafted. And that's where my concern is, as much as I love the real-life player. Why do you hate Chris Olave and Derek Carr so much? 
So the Chris Olave one is the one of the other ones that I struggled with in the sense that uh, love the talent, love the player, like the situation. And somebody that I've been higher on, uh, even despite this, this apparent Achilles flare up that we, that we learned about last week. However, if Michael Thomas comes back and plays a significant number of games, which is a huge if, like Michael Thomas feels like this mythical creature at this point. Like we all remember Michael Thomas, but like, it feels like he's like, hasn't played in forever. It feels like we're having like the rumors of like Michael Thomas is going to be back and he's not going to be back. and He's on the field. He's not on the field, but if he is back, I think the biggest thing that, that Chris Olave benefited from last year was that it's like him, Rashid Shahid, Traquan Smith. And like, there weren't a lot of options for at that time, you know, Andy Dalton to go to. If Michael Thomas is back, and, and look, he's not going to be putting up the Michael Thomas target share or catches that he did a few years ago. That that player's probably gone. Injuries have probably robbed him of that opportunity. And it's a very different team and a very different and, and a semi-different coaching staff since that point. But he's going to command some significant targets. It's going to be a legitimate option for Derek Carr that didn't exist for the quarterbacks in New Orleans last year. So my concern is going to be with the addition of Michael Thomas, they've added a couple different tight ends to this group or re-signed a couple tight ends and added in Foster Moreau. And we know Derek Carr likes to throw to the tight ends that there just might not be the target share that we saw last year for Chris Olave this year, where he ends up putting up very similar numbers from last year. And it's probably more productive on a per target basis, but doesn't take that statistical year to jump because there's going to be other legitimate options there. That is the concern that I have. Uh, the last couple names that we have to discuss here at 29, Alan Lazard, 28, Keenan Allen, 27, Chris Godwin, and 26, Terry McLaurin. That is where the list has to stop for today here on the show before we get into the top 25 uh, tomorrow. So, Jamie, if you want to spend a, a minute or two talking about each one of these guys here as we are inside the top 30. Yeah, I want to talk about Alan Lazard a little bit. I feel like he is completely going overlooked right now. Um, and he might guy might be a guy we sneak into our sleeper show as well, uh, going as the wide receiver fifty two. Uh, I know Garrett Wilson is there. He Garrett is. Wilson's great. He is there. He is there. And yeah. he's he's really good football. Very good, yeah. Can you confirm? Confirm. Okay. Garrett Wilson, good. Yes. But is there anybody on the team that Aaron Rodgers is going to be more comfortable with right off the bat than Alan Lazard? Also, to to think that just because Garrett Wilson is good, that other wide receivers can't also can't be good, good. and is yeah. just not just not how football works. Um, and yeah, the comfort level is going to exist there early. Now, it there are some indications that Aaron has really enjoyed throwing with Garrett, and they are starting to develop that rapport relatively quickly. Sure, but you're always going to trust the people that you've worked with in the past, right? And so, for me, I think in the early part of the season, you might see him kind of force some stuff to Lazard out yeah. of just comfortability, knowing that like if I make this throw, Allen can make this catch. Yes. And and I think there's also the ability, again, to use both guys. I mean, you even saw last year, when, even when Christian Watson emerged late in the season last year, Alan Lazard was still fantasy relevant. So he's somebody that I've actually gotten a, a ton of shares of as well. I, I feel like he's going really undervalued in the past happy offense. Keenan Allen, I think this is the lowest I've ever ranked Keenan Allen. Does it hurt? And does it make you feel bad that you've rated Keenan Allen this low? It does. Uh, but there are a lot of mouths to feed somehow even more mouths to feed than there were the last couple of years uh, in, in LA age injury, some other concerns that pop up uh, and some other, quite frankly, just some young guys that have just moved past. You know what I mean? Like it's not even so much that I feel demonstratively different about him than I do. Some of the guys, maybe five or 10 spots higher. I just feel like those younger guys have kind of passed him. 
um, in terms of fantasy production. And so to me, I like him. Somebody that I I won't shun you if you take him in his ADP, which is 17. Uh, I don't think that's crazy, but uh, just one of those guns where there's a little bit too many concerns for me, and I'm not sh- sure there's the same level of upside to compensate for that as there was a few years ago. Uh, Chris Godwin, love a lot. I think this is going to be – I wish I could put him higher, and it's the quarterback situation. Yeah, I was that's just going to say, him down. Uh, it, it probably it, pains it, you to have Chris Godwin this low, but when Kyle Trask and or Baker Mayfield throwing him the football – and that's the problem. And and I think, look, another year Maybe removed from the ACL. Maybe Carson Wentz throwing him the football. Yeah, this is not exactly inspiring confidence in me, Chris. Uh, another year removed from the ACL injury is a big positive, and all the reports coming out of Bucks camp are that he feels great. But the downgraded quarterback is massive. You and don't say. It's something You're that going we can't from Tom ignore. Brady to Kyle yeah. Trask and Baker Mayfield Hot a bit take. of a downgrade? Wow. Takes on takes, Chris. Uh, I think there's a – They've taken a bit of a downgrade at the quarterback position. That's bold of you to say that on a Tuesday, but here here you are. Uh, And and Terry McLaurin. uh, He's Terry's Terry. Like him a lot. Ton of, ton of talent, but we got to see, we got to see what Sam Howell is as a passer um, and and see, you know, again, how he distributes the targets between him and emerging Jahan Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, uh, you know, Antonio Gibson. We, we heard there's been some rumblings. Kareem Hunt might make his way. Uh, to Washington to, to work with, to reunite with Eric B enemy in that offense. So there, there are a lot of different elements of that. Like I love Terry McLaurin a lot. Again, QB situation. If it was different, he'd be, be significantly higher, but uh, I'm comfortable taking him in this range as a high end wide receiver three or as a guy that you're playing in your flex spot on a weekly basis. There you have it. Wide receivers 64 through 26 here on the show uh, Two two-thirds of wide receiver uh, week rankings in the books. We've got one more show with the rankings. Uh, we've got wide receivers 25 through one tomorrow, and then our sleeper show. So we'll go back through the rankings, yep. talk about some players that we haven't done deep dives on, sleepers that we want to highlight. And so you've got that to look forward to on Thursday. So one more uh, full ranking show this week. That's tomorrow, wide receivers 25 through one. And then we've got the sleeper show on Thursday. We would love it if you rate, review, subscribe to the podcast wherever you are getting your podcast. You can also catch the show on YouTube Music. You can listen to the show in the app. You can also see the video version of the show in there as well. Speaking of the video version of the show, YouTube, the Draft Network on YouTube. You've got Prospects and Props. You've got TDN Daily. A lot of fun stuff coming throughout the summer over there as well. So you're going to want to subscribe. Hit the thumbs up and the notification bell on this video so you know every time one of these episodes drops. We would greatly appreciate it. That's going to do it for us on this edition of the show. We've got the top 25 wide receivers tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So come on back and see us again then. In the meantime, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.